Open your Bibles with me to the 45th Psalm. A song of loves. Psalm 45. As we read these precious words of Scripture, please forget David and Solomon. This psalm isn't about Solomon. This psalm is about one greater than Solomon. These verses, verses 6 and 7, are quoted by our beloved brother Paul as referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Solomon was never a mighty prince that girded a sword on his side and had sharp arrows in the hearts of the king's enemies. He was a man of peace, a man of books, a man of learning, and a man of great construction projects, but not of military conquest. This is a song of loves about the Messiah of Israel, the Christ of God, our Savior Jesus Christ, and His love for the church, and His adorning of that church with a beautiful garment of needle of raiment of needlework, and of the glory that that church should make of His name to all generations, and that all people could praise Him forever and ever. As we go through it, without me preaching on it this morning, I hope that these words by the Holy Spirit will stir up your hearts and your minds. I am so pitiful, I can weep with the first clause. My heart is indicting a good matter. When the blessed God says that something is good, it is very good. And the Holy Spirit of God was dictating to the psalmist's heart the things that you are about to read. Indicting is God's choice of words in this particular place for a definition of inspiration of the Bible. It's dictation. God, that's what the word indict means. God, the Holy Spirit, was dictating to the heart of the author, the writer of this psalm, the precious things that we shall read. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. By inspiration, this writer of a psalm, actually a song, a love song, a song of loves, if you have a superscription in your Bible, put there by Hebrew scribes as to this, the purpose and the nature of this psalm. Thou art fairer than the children of men. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace is poured into thy lips. There was never a man so gracious as our Savior. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. No man has the blessing of God like our Lord Jesus Christ. He's then described as a conquering prince in the next three verses, three through five. His throne and righteousness is declared by God in verses six and seven. And he's given the Holy Spirit without measure, far above his fellows. 
No one had the Holy Spirit like the Lord Jesus Christ did. He is described out of His armor and in His comfortable clothing of love and marriage. Then we are described as a queen to marry the king, and that we should forget our own people and our relationships on earth, and we should focus all of our attention on him and worship him in the 11th verse. The king shall greatly desire our beauty because he will himself make us beautiful. Others will be there with gifts. The rich of the people of this world, among them the house of God would have some of the world's rich, would be entreating the king's favor. When it says the king's daughter is all glorious within, it is not describing her soul and spirit inside her body. It's describing her presence inside her bridal chamber because it goes on to tell you what is meant. Her clothing that's on the outside is of wrought gold. I know that many have thought they could spin a sermon from the king's daughter is all glorious within about the work that he's done of grace in our hearts, but that's not what this verse is saying at all. It's describing that she's glorious within her bridal chamber because the 14th verse tells us she's going to be brought from where she is and presented to the king. And the reason that she's all glorious is because she has clothing of wrought gold. And that is a verbal picture for us, a metaphor describing the white linen, as it's described in some place, the raiment of needlework in other places, the righteousness of saints in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ has clothed clothed us with. There will be a great marriage celebration. With gladness and rejoicing shall she and her companions come and enter into the king's palace from the bridal chamber to meet the bridegroom in that 15th verse. Instead of the fathers and relationships of this world that we have left, we will have children in the household of God and in the church. And we can make them princes in all the earth because Jesus Christ has made us all kings and priests unto Him. And the conclusion of the psalmist is that I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. And the name is the name of Jesus. It's not the name of David and it's not the name of Solomon. It's the son of David. And it's he that is greater than Solomon. And therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. I I would to God and I've begged God and I am begging God because of my inability to explain and describe things the way they should be explained and described, that He, by His mighty power, will speak the word that you will delight in every one of these verses. In comparison to Psalm 45, the Lord being your shepherd in Psalm 23 is pitiful. A shepherd? Compared to a bridegroom? I hope you understand why I would use the word pitiful in comparison. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Pitiful compared to a marriage supper and lovemaking 
between the Lord of glory and you. He has a rod and a staff that comforts you through the valley of the shadow of death. How about the palace of life and eternal life and mansions in glory where we'll be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever? I love Psalm 23. I guess I'm trying to persuade you right now for a moment that you might love Psalm 45. It doesn't have the militaristic language and the uh, deprecatory condemnation of the wicked like some psalms do. It's a special psalm. It's a love song. And as we read it together, I hope that your heart might indict its approval and that the Holy Spirit speaking to you will dictate words of affection to your heart that you will delight in the fact that you were chosen by the father of this king to be his bride. And that he, though a great military conqueror sitting on the throne of God and declared to be righteous like no other, with a scepter of righteousness reigning over the kings of this earth, he is king of kings and lord of lords, marries you willingly, cheerfully, and you are a joint heir with him of all his father has bestowed upon him by covenant. And it's to, it's to be a scene of great joy as his garments smell of such precious ointments and the warmth of his body and his embrace as he takes us foolish sinners and makes us his own, promising and pledging his eternal love to us forever that we shall spend eternity in a home that he is preparing for us At this hour, I want you to love Psalm 45. This is not the first time I've ever read it to you, and if the Lord gives me breath for a few more months, it won't be the last time. Because one of the privileges of being here is I get to pick my favorite psalms. And I want it to become your favorite psalm, or right up there in the top five. This is a psalm. This is a song. This is a love song of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Prince of Glory is my loving husband. Is he yours? Do you know that by any measure he is superior to any man by an infinite distance in every single individual trait and in the combination we cannot describe it. He is altogether lovely. Amen. Will you stand with me and read the 45th Psalm with me? A love song of our Savior's love for us. Together. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the King. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. 
and in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters were among thy honorable women. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. For he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. Amen and amen. You may be seated.